Abby's going to come speak to us. Um, you can give her a little whoop. I'll allow it. Go on. Um, I've done it. It's all right. Yeah. It's just, Abby's just telling me she hasn't done a job that she's supposed to yeah. have done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Um, hey, Abby's amazing. If you haven't met Abby before, um, you should get to know her. Uh, Abby is one of our ordinands, so she's training for um, ordained ministry. Um, but that doesn't really tell you anything about all the amazing stuff that she does. Maybe she'll tell you a bit about it, I don't know. Um, but Abby's great. If you don't know her, get to know. And especially if you want to find out how to hang out with different people in the week in the church, Abby is the one who's got an amazing handle on who's hanging out on when. So um, if you want to know more, chat to Abby and she'll, uh, she'll give you everyone's address and she'll, she won't do that. GDPR. Um, <laughs> But what she will do is probably put you in a WhatsApp group, because uh, that's how we run life, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to stop wittering on. Why don't I pray for Abby? Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the privilege that it is um, to hear from your word. And Holy Spirit, um, would you come even in this moment and fill Abby? And um, would you give her the words to say? Would you encourage her? And would you help us to open our hearts too, Lord Jesus, that we might hear from you? Um, we love you, Lord Jesus, and we love your word. Amen. 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 Yeah, Philip has given a real a great intro there into what we're talking about today. So if you've been here a while, you've heard any of my previous talks this year, you will have heard me talk on wives submit to your husbands and slaves submit to your masters. Um, you will have heard me preach on Jesus saying, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword to divide your families and how to deal with sin in the church. Philippa has given me some great passages these last, <laughs> this last year to preach on, yes. But tonight, well, not tonight, today we're talking about uh, community, which is something I'm genuinely so passionate about. It's something that really excites me. Um, as Philippa was just saying, we've been doing this rhythms series at the moment of like how we sustain our faith, these rhythms we put in our life. And today we're talking about community, ways to join community, why to join community, and how to contribute to this community. So I love connecting people, again, as Philippa just said in my little intro, almost to a fault. I am always looking for ways that I can help to connect people. A couple of years ago, me and some mates were going on a camping trip, and I uh, decided that I was going to invite two friends of mine who had never met before, but they are so similar. They have such similar and niche hobbies, such similar and niche interests. I thought these people need to meet each other because they are so alike. They are definitely going to be great friends. I was so wrong. Not, not, not only did they not like hit it off, I would go as far as saying they actively disliked each other. And it made for a very uncomfortable camping trip <laughs> for the rest of us. Um, this has not stopped me. Unlike Gareth last week, who told us about a dodgy budget sat-nav that he bought and then threw away immediately after the first time they got lost. I am still known to this day to invite strangers on camping trips together, just on the off chance that it could work out. In fact, many of you here have been experienced me grabbing you on a Sunday morning and giving you the um, description and coordinates of a new person at church and saying, go and talk to that person, they're new. Or me texting you. Or actually, I don't even think that I need to do that sometimes because I know that we have a church here of brilliant people who don't need to be reminded and prompted and elbowed by me to go and say hi to somebody who's new. It truly does make church a joyous place that we have a community like this that meet here on a Sunday morning. 
People often say that London is a really lonely city. It's a city where people don't know their neighbors. People don't know, kind of, people don't say hi to people in the streets. It's a city where it's really hard to put down roots. But on a Sunday morning, when I stand out on the steps, I don't see that. I see a bustling courtyard full of people of all ages and genders and ethnicities, all talking together and communing together and just building friendship and building fellowship. And I think that is a glimpse of what heaven's going to look like, of this bustling community. I find so much joy in seeing people connecting and finding their place and joining in with a community here. Because once upon a time, I was new to faith and I turned up to a church that I'd never been to before in a town that I had just moved to. And people took a chance on me and they came and said hi to me and they invited me out for lunch after the service. And they invited me into their homes to, for small groups. They invited me into their lives. Meeting Jesus changed my life, but it was becoming part of a community of others who felt the same that has helped to sustain me and has helped to sustain that relationship and keep that fire burning ever since. So this series is called Rhythms. And a rhythm is a regularly repeating pattern that we put into our lives. And so when I was a teenager, kind of newly exploring faith, I called myself a Christian because once a year, I went to a Bible camp. I spent one week at Bible camp in the summer. And the week after, I was the most devoted theologian that you have ever seen in your life. And then I would forget about faith for the next 50 weeks. But the following year, I'd go back to Bible camp. <laughs> and the following week, I was that devoted theologian again. And this was a rhythm. It was a, re an, a repeating pattern, a predictable pattern. Was it an exciting rhythm? No. Was it a rhythm that sustained any sort of long-term faith in me? No. But I guess you could call it a rhythm. Back then, I thought that two weeks a year was enough to sustain me, and I was wrong. And today, I'm not even sure that once a week is enough to sustain me. And I'm not sure that once a week is enough to, to, to sustain any of us. When we talk about community being part of our rhythm of worship here, we are not just talking about this service. There are 168 hours in the week. And so if the only time that you are connected to a Christian community in your week is this one service, it amounts to 0.8% of your week. And even if you factor in an average of seven hours of sleep night, so you only count the waking hours, this service amounts to 1.2% of your week. I reckon I spend one point, more than 1.2% of my week watching reality TV or reading mindless rom-coms or scrolling through Instagram. Perhaps each of you can think of something in your life that you spend more than 1.2% of your week that perhaps isn't feeding you. Community here looks like more than 1.2% of our week. What we look to create here is a community of people whose connections go beyond who they happen to sit next to on a Sunday. Right at the beginning of our Bibles in Genesis, we read the story of creation, of God creating humanity. And it says that he makes the gardens, he makes all these beautiful things, and he makes Adam. And then he gives Adam a purpose. He asks him to steward over the earth, to steward the animals, steward the plants. And so God, Adam is there, and he, on paper, has everything he, he, it appears he needs. He has a purpose in life, a God-given purpose in life. He has all of his needs in life met for him. And he has an intimate and a personal relationship with God. And then in Genesis 2, verse 18, God says, It is not good for man to be alone. 
And so God makes Eve to go and be with him in that garden, to share with him and to join in with this journey with him. Right from the beginning, God made us to be social beings. He said, it is not good for you to be alone. And now we all range on a spectrum from introverted to so extroverted, you regularly invite strangers on holiday with you. But wherever you are on that scale, you are not made to be alone. Even if you're one of the people that pop for a wee the minute Philippa mentions sharing the piece. <laughs> we see you. <laughs> or the people that come up for communion and then walk straight out the door at the end to avoid any post-church socialization. <laughs> you are not made to navigate this life of faith alone. And this morning, I would love to encourage you to dive deeper into the community that we have here. To not just find a seat on a Sunday, but a place in this community. And if you truly do not think that there is more of a place for you here, then let us know because we would love to change that. And if you truly do not think that you need more, more than, of, of a community, you truly, you truly don't think that you need more than this Sunday morning service, then respectfully, I think that you're wrong. Many, many years ago, I ran a Bible study group, um, and it was really successful. There were loads of us, and we would meet every week in my lounge, kind of squeezed up, sitting on the floor, sitting on laps. There was far too many of us to fit in my lounge, realistically. Um, and it was really brilliant. Theologically, it was amazing. And we would do a really deep study into the Bible every week. And it was, it was really great. For a while, we thought it was a really successful group. But unfortunately, it quickly became apparent that its size was actually more of a detriment to it. It meant that although we met every week, we, we just couldn't socialize because there simply wasn't enough time for everybody to talk and everyone to have their say. It meant that if someone could easily go a whole session without saying anything, and if somebody didn't turn up one week, we might not notice. In fact, somebody could stop coming altogether and we might not notice. We thought it was a really successful group, but one week somebody said to me, since joining this group, I know way more about the Bible, but I know nothing about the people that I sit next to. As a person who sneakily counts to you at the back every Sunday, I know that there's generally about 100 adults in here on a Sunday and 50 to 60 other people in the church office and downstairs in our crypt. So we have about 160 people here on a Sunday. So to a lot of people, we could say this is a really successful and bustling church community. But if you're sitting here thinking nobody would notice if I wasn't here one week, or I've been here a while but I've not had a chance to contribute anything, or I know loads more about God since I started coming to this church but I'm not sure that anybody knows my name, then that is a problem. And I'm really sorry and we need to do something to change that. Coming together in large groups as a whole church family to worship and to hear from the scriptures and partake in communion is such an important part of our rhythm. But I know for me this service is not enough. And we don't want to be a church full of anonymous Sunday seat fillers. Now don't get me wrong, I am not saying that God is not enough. But I know that for, for me personally, I would struggle to do this alone. And I don't think that I can be the only person that feels like that. Even the most well-read theologian among us will probably come across questions about life and faith and God. And we need those people that we can go to in small groups to discuss those questions with without fear of being judged or without, without knowing what their answer is going to be. We need those people who know us. 
And we need to carve out spaces in our lives to do that. And even the most prayerful among us will have times when we need others to stand with us and lift us up in prayer. After, uh, towards the end of every service, over in this corner, we have a prayer team who would love to pray for you. And that's an amazing thing, and I really encourage each of you to do that. But sometimes we need those people who already know us, who already know what we're going through, who already un understand us, without having to explain an abridged version of our troubles every Sunday to somebody who might not know our name yet. And we need to carve out space in our lives to get to know those people. And even the busiest among us, whether that be work, school, family, or other commitments, we need time for simple fellowship. We need those people with whom we can rest and relax and eat and have fun around. Go for a pint and see a show, work out together. People we can spend time with without ever mentioning faith or God or the Bible, but knowing that in feeding those friendships and in strengthening those bonds, they are the people we can go to when we have those questions. And they are the people that will stand with us in prayer because they know us and they care about us. We need to not underestimate the simple power of friendship. Being in a service on a Sunday is brilliant, but it's those smaller communities, those friendships and those deeper relationships that what really strengthens us and what unites us and makes others want to join in with what we have here. So some ways to do that here at this church. If you're not already connected to your local doc, I encourage you, you can go to sps.church slash docs. Uh, a doc group here is kind of a geographical grouping. They're all across East London. And they meet together regularly to have lunch, to socialize, to study. Go and be a part of your doc group. Meet up with people from different generations, different ages, and just meet your neighbors. Meet the people who are there and socialize with them. If you're interested in Bible studies, Michael Trainer over here has been leading us an amazing study in Ephesians at 6 p.m. on Sundays here. And anyone who hasn't been along to one yet is definitely missing out. I encourage you all to come along this evening. They are incredible. Michael Trainer is an incredible Bible teacher. <laughs> we also have three midweek Bible study groups. Well, three at the moment that I know of. There might be more and you haven't told me about them. But we have three at the moment that I know of midweek Bible study groups um, that meet weekly to study the Bible over dinner. And I'll be honest, we could do with more because, as I said, there's about 150 of us here on a Sunday. And I don't know about the size of your houses, but 50 of you are not fitting in my lounge. So I would encourage you, if you want to join a Bible study group or if you want to start a Bible study group, then we would love to have more of those groups growing up over our church. And you don't have to worry about if, if you feel like you're not a biblical scholar or you're not a classically trained theologian, that it's in asking the questions and coming together that we learn and we grow and we build these relationships. Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The act alone of diving into scriptures is so beneficial to us, both spiritually and socially. It strengthens us up as we get to wrestle over the scriptures together. And if you're interested in fellowship, don't run away at the peace. Don't sprint out the door following communion. Grab a coffee and say hi to someone new. Or if you're new here and no one has said hi to you yet, then put us to shame and come and say hi to us. Come and introduce yourselves. Take that first step and introduce yourself because we would love to get you connected. Come along to our events because I know that I'm biased, but I think that they are brilliant. As Philippa mentioned, on the 12th of November, we expect over a thousand people to come and fill our gardens and our church here for our annual firework party. 
It's an amazing event where our whole community comes and gets involved. And we would love for you to come along to that. Get involved. And if you feel nervous about not knowing anyone, then join a team. Come and serve. Coming alongside other people from the church and building the community in that way. We are not made to be alone. And we deserve to allow ourselves more than 1.2% of our week in pursuit of this. I would really encourage each of you that if you don't feel like you have a community here yet, to reach out to somebody in the church, to reach out to somebody and be proactive and take a step in finding that. Because we can throw groups, we can start groups, we can throw events, and we can have the best pre-church coffee in the world. But with the best will in the world, I couldn't force those girls on that camping trip to be friends. And I can't make you connect in, and I can't make you want this. But please believe that you are not made to be alone. Community will look different to all of us. We are not a one-size-fits-all church. I know I've mentioned docs and Bible studies and events, but this morning, as well as encouraging you to connect in, I would love for you all to feel encouraged to spot the gaps in our community and to feel empowered to do something about that. Whether you've been here 30 years or a couple of weeks, each of you have a role to play in making this church what it is. Over the last few weeks, as part of this rhythm series, we've been inviting somebody from the congregation up to share and to talk about what this rhythm means to them. Um, and today, actually, I'm going to do a slightly different thing, and I'm going to highlight people, a couple of people in the congregation. I haven't warned most of these people, but <laughs> I want to highlight some people um, who I've seen do amazing things to help grow our community here. I don't know how many of them are still in the room. Some of them might be in different places, but I'm going to highlight a few people that I think are brilliant. So, Tim and Kaylee Rice, I think. <laughs> so, Tim and Kaylee have been at this church for ages. Um, they've been contributing and joining in with the community here for a really long time, and they've been really heavily involved in the life of the church. And then a couple of years ago, they had their beautiful son, Freddie. <laughs> and they realized that suddenly this community didn't work for them in the same way that it had before. Suddenly their lives had changed, their, rhythm, their own personal rhythms had changed, and they couldn't connect into midweek stuff as, in the way they had before. They couldn't do things in the way that they had before. And so they approached the leadership of this church, and they said, we would love it if once a month on a Sunday morning, we could meet downstairs at 9 a.m. Um, with our toddlers, with our babies, and have breakfast together and share in a time of discipleship and fellowship. They built a new community of people where they said, actually, we noticed a gap and it's not working for us anymore. And so they proactively took a step to change that and to change that for other people as well. The next person, Simon Cook. <laughs> Simon is someone else who's been at the church for a long time, uh, as well as being a very devoted vicar's husband. He has served on kids and youth teams and is generally brilliant in helping to grow and support the community here. Um, he's also a very good runner. And in May 2021, whilst London was still within the grasp of lockdowns and restrictions and tears and people were still not able to connect in the way they had before, the SPS Runners WhatsApp group was born. 
It's a group currently with 27 of us. I'm on a little hiatus at the moment. Um, but there's 27 of us in there at the moment. And it's a great group where people meet, like they regularly meet together or attempt to meet together every Saturday to do park run in Southwark um, and encourage one another when they've got big runs coming up or fundraisers or things like that. And it's a lovely group of people who just have joined together with a hobby that it's on paper, nothing church-related. We don't turn up and all pray in a huddle before we run. We don't kind of pray as we run around together. We don't do anything uh, prescriptively Christian in that. And yet it's a great community of people, and it's such an easy invite to invite new people into that as well. And I don't think this girl is here today because she's a teacher, so she will have run away for half term. Um, but Hannah Peace, let's give her a round of applause anyway. So Hannah is actually really new to the church. Hannah and her husband, um, they arrived here, I think, about six months ago. And within maybe two or three months of joining, she approached a few of us other girls in the church, and she said, um, I'm actually really interested in starting a woman's ministry. And I have already felt really welcomed by some people in the church, and I've noticed we don't have like a women's group or a girls group, and I would really love to do something about that. And so she started a WhatsApp group, and she said, can you guys just all just send this link out to anyone that you know? And she started getting the ball rolling on a women's ministry where she was like, let's regularly, let's meet together and have brunch and pray and share prayer requests and just strengthen one another. And I was just so impressed that somebody brand new to the church would say, actually, I've noticed there's a gap here uh, and I would really love to do something about that. I would really love to take a proactive step in changing that. And I text her to say, thank you so much for doing this. And she said, I'm loving getting to know everyone and I always want to do more to build a community. And I was just, yeah, really touched by that. And last but not least, Alison Jones, who is, is at the back on the sofa. <clears throat> Alison has dedicated so much of her life to bringing people into community and to helping to build and grow and strengthen families. From working as a youth worker in Northern Ireland during the struggles, to schools in East and Southeast and East London, where she supports and encourages families from all faiths, all backgrounds and all walks of life, to the children that her and her husband have adopted and raised. Every event we have here, Alison will text me beforehand, letting me know exactly how many families she's invited and instructing us to all look out for these people and say hi to them and make sure they feel welcome. And then she'll text us afterwards saying, this is what the family said. And she'll give us paragraphs of the most encouraging kind of feedback from people that have come here and got a glimpse of the community we have here. And she's also built up an incredible intercultural and interfaith community of mainly Asian Muslims who help us cook every year for our night shelter and have even come along to support us at other events that we've run here. Now, I've chosen those four specific examples of people who have helped to contribute to the community that we have here because each, none of these people work for this church. These are not staff members who, as part of their jobs, have started a ministry. And they are not professional Christians looking to meet their work targets. These are people within the congregation who have noticed a gap and have had the passion to do something about it. And so maybe this morning you are sitting here and you feel a bit like Kaylee and Tim. And you've been through many different seasons at this church. And you've realized, actually, it doesn't work for me the way it used to work for me. My life has changed. Things have come up. And it doesn't work anymore. Maybe... You have recognized this is true of you, and it might also be true of other people, and you think that maybe you could do something about it. 
Or maybe you're like Simon and you have a hobby or a passion that is nothing to do with church, but you are open to welcoming other people into that and to inviting others into that in a really simple way that helps to build friendship, that helps to build fellowship and is easy to invite others into. Maybe you're like Hannah and you're new to the church and you've already caught a glimpse of some of the community here and you not only want to join into it, but you want to be a part of strengthening it and growing it further. And maybe you're like Alison and you think that what we have here is worth inviting others into. And we don't do this because of our love for brunch or running, although we do love brunch and running. We do this because we, we build communities because we know that we were not made to be alone and we want others to know that as well. We don't think that God is not enough, but we recognize the power of friendship and fellowship throughout all of our struggles. We have felt the love and the welcome of God and it's something we are excited to share with others. Because in 1 John 4.19, it says, we love because he first loved us. I'd like to invite the band up now as I pray to finish. So as we go into, into our musical worship now, I want to really encourage us to think about, just to think about this and the community we are part of here and the role that we play that we are not just anonymous Sunday seat fillers. But if you are yet to feel as though you have found your place or your people here, this morning I pray that you are made known, that you connect deeper, that God sends the right person to sit next to, e next to you next week, or that you join the right WhatsApp group or attend the right event, that the right conversations happen after the service today. I pray for godly connections. And I pray for a congregation of people who feel empowered to not only join in, but to actively play their role in making this church look more like heaven. A community of people of every age, gender and race finding genuine connections. People who recognize the gaps and do something about it before they and others fall into it. And I pray that every person here knows that they are more than an anonymous Sunday seat filler, that they were not made to be alone, and that through all of life's struggles, prayer, study, and scripture are all powerful weapons, but that we should never underestimate the power of friendship. Amen.